I've had women ask me so many times, like, my my boyfriend says nothing. When I'm like, what are you thinking about? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> he is absolutely thinking about nothing. <laughs> he needs to think about nothing. He needs to empty that space and be in our nice little happy nothing box. <laughs> you just heard from Brent Dowlin, our guest for today, who's joining us to share what he does to build a healthier relationship. Brent is a men's coach and a podcaster himself. He's the host of the Valuable Man podcast, and in our conversation, Brent shared a bunch of his stories, and some of them were really funny, and you're going to be able to tell because Unch and I are giggling in the background. So we hope you enjoy listening. Welcome to La Vida, Love Vitamins for a Healthier Relationship, a podcast made by partners for partners. This is Rashi. And this is Anj. I have a little something to share. Here's a new pitch for Lovita that I'm working on. Small doses of love for you and your partner, not something you can shove for it takes time to foster. These love pills, pretty easy to swallow, would mean a lot if this podcast you follow. Promise to keep this digestible for your time is not free, a conversation we enable even if you disagree. Listen carefully. Be aware, you might like something here. If you do, with someone you care, please do share. We bandage the takeaways for you-know-who. Yes, every Friday, for you and your boo. Join us with your stories, leave a review. Together we inspire, even if it's only a few. And now let's listen to our conversation with Brent. Thank you so much for joining us and having this conversation. Before we get into more specific questions, we would love to learn a little bit more about who you are, what your brand is, and how you got here. I'm thrilled to be here. I, I think you guys <laughs> got a good show. I'm thrilled to be a part of it, and I want to bring value to your audience. So my name is Brent, and I am the host of the Fallible Man podcast. I specifically work in personal development with men who want to grow as men. It's not any women can't grow. It's a, I know more about men than I know about women. So trying to tell a woman how to grow seemed kind of stupid to me. So I thought I'd focus where I should and focus on what I had more ability to influence. I've been happily married for 21 years. My wife is amazing and we just kind of work together. We work at it every day to make that happen, but we just work together and we have two beautiful children who are just the light of our lives. We waited several years. So I have a 10 year old and an eight year old at 42 years old. That's so beautiful. I want to start with that. You've been married for about 21 years right now. And you mm -hmm. mentioned that you work every day with your wife to be able to build this healthy relationship. We would love to hear what do you do to build that healthy relationship with your partner? The first step in that is we had a real honest gut check about four or five years into our marriage and realized that while we thought we were perfect, we just weren't talking. Mm -hmm. There were some problems under the surface and we just weren't talking about it or dealing with it. I don't think it was a purposeful thing that we were avoiding it. It just didn't occur to us that we should be talking about these things. Once we got past that point of honesty with ourselves and stopped pretending we were perfect, and started giving ourselves some room to breathe on that. Then we started getting focused. I mean, we've done several things over the years 
Mm-hmm. One of the things we do, we like, we actually continue to do like marriage seminars whenever possible. We've been married for 21 plus years and we focus every chance we get to go do like a marriage class. This is part of it is we make a purposeful, intentional choice to go. We still got a lot to learn. Let's see what they have. It's also really fun because we look at some of the questions that come up from like the different classes that we go to or whatever. And it makes us laugh because we look back at our marriage and go, yeah, we used to do that. You did mention about communication. That was something that you guys focused on. So could you give a little more context on what was the problem before in terms of were you not communicating effectively? Were there miscommunication? And how did you actually end up resolving that? It wasn't that there was miscommunication. It was just there wasn't communication on real issues. Both of us saw and encountered issues in our marriage and just personalized that. We went, oh, that's my problem fixed. I need to take care of this. We didn't talk about it. And if she was frustrated with me, she didn't tell me, hey, I'm frustrated with you or I don't like the fact that you did this. Or It was, oh, well, I must be reacting to him badly. We just kind of pretended everything was perfect and kept going and kept going. We were in the middle of a job change and we had lost our home and I had lost my job and we were behind on everything. Money was just, there was no money coming in hardly. We were sleeping on a friend's couch. I mean, it just came to a head. Everything just got bad and there wasn't that polite space anymore because we had nowhere to go at that point. About a year into our marriage, we moved halfway across the country. That was actually one of the most beneficial things of our marriage early on was we moved away from our families. I had one family member in the area that I worked with and and we're very close, but when you're away from everybody, all of your friends, all of your comfort spaces, well, when you start to fight or when you start to have a problem, you got nowhere to go and you got no one to cry to. All you got is each other when you don't know anybody else. You need to go somewhere where neither of you know people. Y'all can find good work. (laughs) You can find a community to plug into, but where you know no one. Mm -hmm. Start over with just you two. Mm -hmm. All of the space to run away. There's no shoulder to cry on where you can go back to mom's house or no, no, no best friends. You can talk to them on the phone, but there's no buddies to go out and, man, I can't believe she did this, right? Mm -hmm. Get away, get some space where all you have is each other. And I mean, that carried us through the first several years. We're so focused on that. I love the way that you were able to bridge the fact that marriage is not only the journey of two people, but it's also the journey of the individual willing to do the work and show up to grow themselves so that the we can benefit from it. And I feel like that says a lot about the brand that you've been creating in terms of like helping other men do the same thing. But it really stems from what I'm hearing to be your own journey of realizing that these are the things that I can do to be a better partner to my to my wife. And I love that because it it's a true testament of the two-part nature of being in a relationship. There is the, the showing up for the we and taking care and being able to listen and communicate and grow with your partner. But there's a lot of work that happens behind the scene as an individual in your own life that you have to be accountable and responsible for. I want to follow up on that. How do you keep this practice of communication healthy, consistent? Like once you figured out the problem, you moved away, you found that 
peace, that solitude, that space where you and your partner can understand each other and communicate better. But how do you keep reinforcing that? Like are there some other exercises that you maybe still do? I really wish I could tell you that it was just all smooth sailing and we actually were really good at that, but we're not 21 years of being married to her. And I still yeah, get frustrated or get in a hurry and communicate poorly. Or we get really busy with the kids or something else and don't communicate effectively. Sarah is the best choice I ever made in my life. I would not be who I am without her. We would not be having this conversation. She's the best choice I ever made in my life. And every day I choose her. And I try and put her first. I try and think about the way we are communicating and all that all the time. But the reality is life sets in. We have two little girls who are both in basketball on different teams right now. We've got a business we're trying to build. She actually has her own business doing bookkeeping. And so there's always coming and going and pushing different schedules. It took us, let's see, 20 years to start having a regular date night. Mm. Uh I heard it for years and we just never thought to do it. And we're for years, we weren't financially in a place where that was very viable. Mm -hmm. We could go out, but we couldn't do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of years and my parents moving in. So we had someone to take care of the kids so we could go out because we couldn't afford a babysitter. And so I'd love to say that it's, we got into a smooth rhythm and this is a regular, but this is work every single day. We're very touch base in our communication to the point where I've actually had friends tease us because it's not even like a sexual touch. It's I'm constantly touching my wife. Mm -hmm. She's constantly touching me. Right. If I'm by her, my hand is on her hip or on her shoulder or close to her touching her hand. I want to physically connect. Mm -hmm. And for us, a lot of times that's where the communication starts Mm. is just that little touch. Mm -hmm. There may not be any words being said, but that little touch betrays how we're feeling at the moment. She knows I might not have the right thing to say because I'm good at that. I'm going to stick my foot in my mouth. Mm. But when I lead in with walking up behind her at her computer and putting my hand on her shoulder and just being there for a minute, it changes the pace and helps fill in the words. I don't know what correctly to say. I'm also a little bit of a playful brat. So I have horrible timing with things. I'll I'll just like randomly whack her with a pillow. (laughs) And she's like, what is that? I was like, I don't know. I wish I could, I I wish there was a good explanation for that, but it was there. I just had to. I missed you. It's it's a perfect example of cute aggression where you just want to suffocate the other person because you love them so much. Yeah. I just don't think I ever grew out of that kindergarten phase. You you pick on the girl you like. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like, hey, it means I love you, baby. Really? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Love that because you bring up a very important concept of nonverbal communication and physical touch, even non-sexual, but just intimate physical touch lets your partner know I'm here for you without having to use our vocabulary to do so. 
because you're absolutely right. Sometimes there isn't the right thing to say or we just don't know what is the right thing to say, but we can still express, I'm here, I've literally got your back <laughs> in this moment and I want you to know that I am that person that you can lean on and take support from even if I might not always have the right thing to say. So yes, we firmly believe in the value of nonverbal communication. Yeah. You mentioned about there are still arguments that you might have with your wife. And in fact, there's even data to suggest that healthy couples do argue to some oh, extent. Yes. As, as long as that's respectful and you're not demeaning each other and you're listening to each other, arguments are healthy. It lets you express your views. Very few relationships end over something big. Mm -hmm. They end over little daily things that build up and they just don't communicate it about yeah. that's what that's what almost got us i'm curious are there general examples that you've experienced that men have or even women in terms of relationship there are i hate to generalize too much because then someone's really gonna fuss a lot at us all for this we don't like stereotypes but men and women all tend to flow in a state of reactivity most of the time mm -hmm. Very little of your day is actually constructed of intentional, purposeful decisions. Mm. We're just reacting from one moment to the next moment to the next problem. Very seldom do we actually stop and get intentional in the moment and stop reacting to things. You actually have to actually put the brakes on. We don't like to do that. So men and women both just flow in this state of reactivity. If you can break that cycle, you can open up communication. If you can get them to be intentional instead of reactive, you can disrupt a lot of the small problems we run into. Men come in and we assume this is the structure for the rest of our day in general. Women assume we come in and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Did we discuss X, Y, and Z? No. <laughs> so now he's mad because she has expectations that weren't communicated or talked about. And he's not doing them and he's frustrated because she thinks he's supposed to be doing something. And what you're getting is that look from across the house of <clears throat> he aren't right, but there's no communication It's just reacting to her being mad. And then he's mad. And then we're both mad. This doesn't end anything positively. So we have that fact. That's just general purpose. People just react to things. The other thing we do is we make assumptions about what the other person should do based on how we feel and think. We're really bad about doing Christmas presents that way. I would see this over and over again, and we buy stuff based on, oh, I would like this. This would be great to me. This would be, and this is how we look through the lens when we're buying stuff for each other, when we're planning stuff for each other, when we're assuming stuff, right? You get to the weekend. And I assumed it was going to go one way and she had plans and assumed it was going to go another way. We look at it through our lens. Mm -hmm. And so I started chasing all these things back to what does it all come down to? And it all comes back to stopping and intentionally going, how does she see the world? How does she think? How does she process? Mm -hmm. How does she communicate? How does she want to be loved? All these pieces. And the same for him. How does he do this? And so those are where I spend most of my time because this is kind of the core of where we go with things. 
Now there are, there are lots of little things, right? Guys. Yeah. They want to fix things. We're also going to make assumptions about guys want to have downtime. Mm. Well, that's fact we do (laughs) because there's actually a difference in the way men need to unplug versus the way women need to unplug psychologically. Like our brains actually need men need that blank space for us to unplug. Mm. And I've had women ask me so many times, like my, my boyfriend says nothing when I'm like, what do you think about it? And he's like, nothing <laughs> He is absolutely thinking about nothing. <laughs> he needs to think about nothing. He needs to empty that space and be in our nice little happy nothing box. <laughs> and we like it there. It's quiet. It's pleasant. No one's yelling at us. Nobody wants anything from us. And if we are thinking about something, it's something ridiculous, most likely. Like, I wonder if raccoons can swim. <laughs> right? If I punt the neighbor's dog, can I make it over my fence and theirs to get it back in the yard in one sweep? These are the things that are actually going through once we get past the nothingness. Now we're into the, this sounds fun. Right? Women, their brains never work like that. And so they get so frustrated. And it's just a difference in the way we're wired and the way we think. But we frustrate each other mm-hmm. because we look at it from our lens. To build on that, I feel like generalizations are a great place to start getting curious. They give you a way to start that conversation on, hey, what are these differences? And when you're getting curious, then you're starting to dive deeper and really get to the bottom of your individual truth. But you have to start somewhere, which is what I think the value of generalizations and stereotypes actually tends to be. There is a faulty understanding that we should start and stop with stereotypes and generalizations. But that, I think, is an incomplete journey and just one part of a much larger story. And I actually wanted to circle this and bring it back to something that you mentioned a little bit earlier, which is, you know, you are the father of two daughters. I want to talk about how has your relationship with your wife evolved as you've entered fatherhood, because I assume that it, it has had a life-altering impact in many aspects. On so many levels. Sarah and I were starting to get the hang of this married thing before our daughters were born. We had had 11 years before Abby came along, and we were kind of getting a handle on this. We were starting to think this might actually last. We might survive. 11 years, some hard times, some good times, and then children change everything. So obviously during the pregnancy, there's a lot of hormone changes and body changes, right? A lot of emotionals up and ups and down drastically for women. What most women don't understand, there are a lot of those for men as well. We're just coming at it from a different angle. All of a sudden life is a horror movie. And all you're thinking about is how everything in your home and around your neighborhood could end the life of this child before they ever start. Mm-hmm. You're, oh, I got to fix this. All these things you put off for years. <laughs> like, oh, I got to fix this now. I got to fix plumbing now. We live in a house that's about 70, I want to say 70, 75 years old. It has baseboard heating. The only half of it works. We also live in a place that drops to about negative six during the winter. <laughs> and so... For years, it was just me and my wife, and we lived in blankets and sweatshirts during the winter because heating bills cost money, So, and we're cheap, and we didn't have a lot of it. And then it's like, oh my goodness, now i got to heat the house. I, I can't do that. Sarah's miserable and pregnant, and we're going to have an infant, and I, I can't. Oh my goodness, my house gets 
it gets 107 out here. My house gets sweltering during the summer. All we had was fans mm -hmm. and we would sweat to death all there in the warm part of the air. We were cold for half the year. We were hot for half the year. And I started making all these lists in my head of all the things that I got to fix. This actually interfered to some extent with me being supportive at times during my wife's pregnancy. I usually got back on track pretty quick, but you start looking at the world differently. I had a coworker ask me, I knew the guy long enough that I watched him get married and go from being a snot nosed college kid who didn't want to talk about families and shied away anytime about family, man, started talking about family stuff to getting married, having their first baby. And he was good. And he made a breakthrough and started asking like parenting questions. It's like, oh, you're going to become a real person now. You know, life, life is caught up. But then they got pregnant with the second child and it was his daughter. First one was a little boy. And he looked at me one day. I was, I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm like, dude, are, are you okay? He's like, how do you live? <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't understand. He's like, Katie's pregnant and it's a girl. I was like, well, congratulations, man. That's awesome. He's like, but, but as a girl, I was like, there's nothing wrong with little girls. He's like, but, but there are men in this world. <laughs> All of a sudden he was painfully aware of the fragility of a little girl in his life. Mm -hmm. And so all of us men hit that in our head at some point with children, both with boys and girls, we go into defensive mode. That's early on before the baby's born. And then right after that baby is born, we're in that still, I'm ready to fight anybody, protect everybody. I try and tell couples they should always wait at least three years before they have children mm -hmm. because you need that time to build you mm -hmm. and to solidify you. Mm -hmm. Because the minute you have a baby, the next 20 years is theirs. And so that's one of the things that we have learned and tried to do is we try to prioritize our marriage in front of our daughters. When we go to church, the girls don't sit between us. They sit on one side or the other. They don't sit between us. I learned that from my older brother. When we are together, when my wife is like, you know what? You got to cuddle with daddy. It's my spot. Move. <laughs> I throw the girls at him from cuddling with me and my wife gets to sit by me because my daughters need to learn that this is the way their husband should treat them, mm -hmm. that a man should treat them. You have to be more proactive. Mm -hmm. Once there are children, you have to be very proactive in your preventative maintenance because it is so easy and it's not usually intentional. It's so easy to become so ingrained in the child or in the children, mm -hmm. if there's more than one, that you, your relationship takes third, fourth, or even fifth priority. And like I said, my wife and I just started like having date night for the first time in years because we realized like, when was the last time we actually went out? When was the last time we focused on just you and me? My daughters need to see that yeah. as a father, they need to see how I treat their mother because one day some guy's going to want to marry them. I have very strong feelings about that, right? <laughs> so I want to set the standard. My goal, that's the other half of where the fallible man came from, is my goal is to set the standard so high. Mm -hmm. The very worst guys they can bring home will still be pretty good guys. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> we would love to know where can our audience members reach you and if there was anything else that you would like to add in terms of what you do. So I'm the fallible man everywhere. I'm on eight different social media platforms. And then my home base is thefallibleman.com. That's my main website. You can find stuff about my virtual and physical conference that we do are doing in February. 
You can find some coaching details there as well as everything else. My message to men is just be intentional. You invested in this relationship. So be intentional with every part of this relationship. It's so important to be intentional every moment. You don't get that back. Every moment, every conversation, be present, be intentional. And guys, don't ever stop growing. Marriage takes work every single day. Grow you. Don't try and change your wife. Just grow you. (laughs) Become the best you. And your marriage will grow with that. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and all of your life experiences with us. It means the world. I've been laughing away over here, learning so much. So I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And she was laughing even harder because a lot of things you said, we could relate to it. And it's absolutely true. Even though you might be generalizing, some of them were like, spot on. We we do the same stuff. It is an argument ensuing after this. More just like, oh, you see, even Brent thinks that. Maybe we should look into it. We just wrapped up the six-week marriage class. And every night we walked out of there going, hmm. The church hosting free counseling after these <laughs> sessions for the fight they just started on the way home. <laughs> oh, not a bad idea, right? Another branch for the church to take. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Thank you. Thank you again so much for your time. Hope you enjoyed listening. And don't worry, I won't repeat my poem again. It's still work in progress, remember? We would really appreciate if you can drop us a review and follow the show if you haven't already. Refer to the show notes for links to Lovita, other resources, and how to get in touch with Ben. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.